G'day folks, welcome back to another episode of the Ubuntu Security Podcast. I'm Alex Murray, it's Friday the 2nd of September, and this week we're going to look at a recent blog post that I saw from the main developer of Curl actually, about uh, increased recent CVE activity in Curl, and I guess kind of what that means, diving into a bit more of the figures and things. And I thought that was kind of quite instructive, so we will look at that a little bit later. But first we'll do the usual roundup of security fixes that have gone into supported Ubuntu releases in the past week. This week there were 37 unique CVEs that were addressed by the team. Up first we had an update for Varnish Cache on Ubuntu 24 long-term support. This was actually a regression update for an update that was done back in episode, well talked about back in episode 164. Uh, the original fix that was done there was incomplete, missed a whole bunch of patches actually that were required from upstream to do that in a more complete fashion. And thanks to the community member who reported that and provided the associated debdiff to fix it. We had an update then for a bunch of kernels. Thanks as always to the kernel team for all their heavy lifting on these, as well as to Steve Beatty and Rodrigo Zayden on our team for doing all the work in writing the USN. That's a lot of work uh, digging into the various details of these vulnerabilities and making them human readable and obviously making my job a lot easier each week in summarizing kernel vulnerabilities. So uh, up first was an update for the kernels for Ubuntu 14.04 extended security maintenance and 16.04 extended security maintenance. Uh, that is a 4.4 kernel for 14.04 and a actually a 4.4 kernel as well for 16.04 that was then yeah, backported to 14.04. Uh, in this case, it was three issues in the Zen para virtualization drivers. All of these were memory management related things. And actually, I talked about those back in episode 174. I've got a link in the show notes if you want to go read more about those. Similarly, we had an update for the 4.4 kernel used in 6.04 ESM as well on uh, AWS uh, for other different CVEs. So in this case, uh, one of those is an out-of-bounds write in the frame buffer driver that again, I covered back in episode 174. Uh, the others were an out-of-bounds write in the virtual terminal driver uh, when changing VGA console fonts. Uh, also an out-of-bounds read in the packet network protocol driver that could result in an info leak and as well an assertion failure that could be triggered by a remote attacker within the netfield to subsystem basically if you had to set up net filter rules to truncate packets and someone sent a really small packet such that it got truncated below its header size uh, that would then trigger yeah, this essentially assertion failure and a kernel panic within the kernel and that essentially pauses the kernel as a result so yeah that's a denial of service there was an update for the 5.4 based kernel that we use in Ubuntu 24 long-term support on Azure for uh, confidential virtual machines. So this is a relatively new product that is available. You can spin up an Ubuntu image in Azure that uh, is, uses this new confidential virtual machines infrastructure, uses uh, hardware support from AMD, uh, implements full disk encryption. Yeah, that is hardware backed. So basically everything within your VM is then protected even from access from uh, Azure, the VM host. So you don't even need to trust them uh, with access to your data. So if you're doing uh, security sensitive stuff uh, it's a really great solution uh, different people in the security team actually worked on getting this together chris coulson in particular did a lot of work on making that happen uh, in this case yeah there were 11 different CVEs that were addressed in this update for uh, that kernel. Three of these were high priority vulnerabilities that all allow a local unprivileged user uh, to escalate their privileges to root. Uh, I first covered these uh, back in episode 172, uh, and these are all within uh, the NetFilter and Network Packet Scheduler subsystems. Uh, look, go to some back to that if you want to know more details. We had an update as well for uh, the 3.13-based uh, kernel that's used all the way back in 14.04 Extended Security Maintenance. Uh, again, that is for uh, one of those net filter uh, privilege escalation vulnerabilities I just talked about. 
Couple more kernels to go through. The 5.4 based kernel that's used in Ubuntu 20 for long-term support out of the box. Uh, this is used as the general availability kernel plus uh, for OEM platforms, Raspberry Pi, and there's even a low latency version of that kernel. In this case, uh, a couple of vulnerabilities I've already mentioned. Uh, one of these, the out-of-bounds right in the virtual terminal driver that I mentioned before, as well as uh, something I mentioned last week, which is improper control flow management in the Intel 10 gigabit Ethernet PCIe Express driver. Uh, the 5.14 OEM kernel was updated for 24 long-term support, again, for that assertion failure within Netfilter that could be triggered by a remote attacker. Uh, that is it for kernel updates. We also had an update for OpenVM tools for Ubuntu 6.04 extended security maintenance. Uh, this essentially allows an unprivileged user to escalate their privileges within a guest VM, uh, running under VMware in this case, obviously, uh, to root within the VM. Uh, I mentioned that back in episode 174, and actually I will talk more about this probably next week as well. Uh, ask me a bit more about that later. Uh, Firefox was updated for Ubuntu 18.04 and 24 long-term support to uh, the latest upstream version, 104.0. In this case, it's the usual mix of browser security issues that we see that were fixed here. Uh, you know, if you visit malicious websites or crafted websites, they could potentially trigger denial of service against you. They could spoof parts of the Firefox UI and therefore get you to do certain things that you didn't realize you were doing. Uh, they could bypass security restrictions, get remote code execution, all that fun sort of stuff. We had an update as well for uh, Sdroot. This is a tool, I guess, that uh, is not normally used by many users or customers. You know, if you're just a standard Ubuntu user, you've probably never heard of it. But if you are an Ubuntu developer, you are likely using this uh, almost every day when you're preparing new package updates. It essentially allows uh, you to uh, create a, well, a Chiroot environment for building source packages in. So say I'm running the latest Ubuntu release at the moment, the development release 22.10. You know, I can easily prepare uh, packages for 22.10 in there because I've got all those packages installed. Maybe I can install the development packages as well and build things against that. But, you know, that's sort of a bit crafty. I don't want to have to install all that stuff directly on my main machine. So I can set up a Chiroot where I could just have all of those, uh, you know, dependencies installed there. And we can just build in that. And that gives us a nice clean environment essentially to emulate even what Launchpad does when building packages. Plus I can then set up Chiroots for all the other releases as well. Uh, so yeah, that's pretty cool for developing things. Uh, but also obviously if there are vulnerabilities in this, it's an interesting avenue, I think, for a potential supply chain attack into Ubuntu because if you can compromise Estroot then hey you can compromise all the different developers and potentially the uploads but anyway uh, maybe less said about that the better uh, alright but in this case the vulnerability was a denial of service that could be triggered via a crafted uh, Chiroot name essentially one user could create a new Chiroot with a crafted name that would then result in Estroot corrupting its own internal database and because this is shared between all users uh, other users then wouldn't be able to launch Estroot after that so yeah pretty niche vulnerability plus also obviously needs you know a multi-user environment and that kind of thing but yeah fixed nonetheless and that is for all our releases going all the way back to 604 extended security maintenance plus the LTS releases since SDL was updated for 604 extended security maintenance for a uh, single CVE a use after free in the handling of crafted video content uh, within the x11 backend as well, systemd was updated for Bionic, and yeah, this caused a bit of a kerfuffle that uh, we will go dive into some more detail probably next week. Uh, yeah, basically caused a regression that our security team and our sustaining engineering teams have been busy working on uh, trying to get going. Uh, yeah, possible use after free was a vulnerability here that could be uh, triggered when handling crafted DNS requests, and it could result in a crash or remote code execution. And yeah, I will talk about that one a bit more uh, hopefully next week, provide some more details on the fallout from that. 
as well the last update for the week is was in jupyter notebook for ubuntu releases 18.04 24.04 and 22.04 long-term support eight different cvs were rolled into that and this is another community contributed update uh, fixes various issues such as cross-site scripting attacks uh, possible open redirect in jupyter notebook server as well as uh, information leak from you know sensitive files and the like too and that is it for the week in security updates all right, so the other thing that I wanted to dive into this week was a really interesting blog post that I saw from uh, the upstream curl maintainer, Daniel Stenberg, uh, called Increased CV Activity in Curl. And obviously, that's the kind of thing that would pique my interest. And I actually think probably a lot of people listen to this as well. Daniel had actually put out a poll on Twitter asking if people had noticed an increased rate in CVEs for curl in the last year. And being a poll, he had a bunch of responses you could tick. One of them was yes, and it's good. So yes, it's good, there are more CVEs and I've noticed it, or yes, I've noticed it and it's bad. Uh, No, or I don't understand the question. Surprisingly, for uh, 47% of people said they had noticed an increased rate of curl CVEs in the past year, 40% said no and 12% said they don't understand. And of that 47% that said they did notice it, only 2% said that it's bad. And actually, that you know, I will come back to that sort of at the end of this, but that's uh, really good. I guess it almost uh, kind of gives away uh, the punchline here in a way that you know a lot of people say increased CV activity in curl is actually a good thing. Now, why would that be? Well, let's dig into it. And so uh, Curl, you know, they're a high quality project. Uh, they actually maintain a heap of different uh, public graphs. So they've got this dashboard where they track a huge number of different of statistics. Uh, and I've got a link to that in the show notes. One of these in particular is vulnerabilities per year. And uh, you know, in that you can then sort of see you know, the rate of vulnerabilities discovered per year. Actually, we can do the same sort of analysis on the Ubuntu CVE tracker. And I've gone ahead and done that. They've got some uh, actual some details in the show notes as to how I did that. A combination of uh, you know actually using curl itself to pull down the details from uh, the public API for that. Uh, that's in JSON. And then we can use JQ to uh, transform and extract all the dates out of that for the different CVEs against curl. And then we can use GNU plot to go and plot it. And I've got a picture of that in the show notes as well and so we can actually see that over time the cve frequency in curl has increased in recent years uh, i guess the biggest rate was actually back in 2016 then it kind of dropped off for a bit and now it's starting to pick up again and uh you know daniel the main developer explains how each cve essentially wounds his pride you know he doesn't obviously like the fact that they exist you know he feels bad that he didn't find it in the first place and that you know he actually potentially introduced it in the first place and you know wishes obviously that you know he hadn't uh, but overall, you know, he says it's a good thing that uh, CVEs are being looked for, they're being found, and they're being fixed. And I tend to agree. And again, we'll go into that in a bit more. Curl uh, actually has a bug bounty, which is cool to see. And this works as a really good incentive. Since the bug bounty started, it's paid out uh, 40000 US dollars, which is pretty cool. So, you know, some good incentives there to go looking for bugs. Daniel also then digs into some of the details around you know, who are reporting vulnerabilities. Uh, 15 reports of vulnerabilities through the bug bounty came from just four people, and actually 60% of those came from a single individual. And what that shows to me is that you know, there aren't, you know, even though curl is used by so many different people in so many different projects, there aren't that many people really looking for vulnerabilities in it, even though it does even have a bug bounty, I guess, to provide some motivation there. Uh, I think it shows that curl is a complicated code base written in C. Uh, it's also doing uh, you know, complicated networking protocols and handling that, you know, implementing uh, new networking protocols as well that people might not be as familiar with. You need a certain amount of knowledge then to be able to go looking at that and to identify real bugs. Uh, you need to have, you know, intimate knowledge of the code as well as the protocols. Pretty hard to just kind of, you know, say extract the, you know, pull down the latest code, start reading through it and probably find a bug just sitting there. You really need to spend a lot of time getting familiar with it uh, to know it. 
but it does indicate to me that curl is a high quality project since it is hard to find new security issues and uh, it's a long-lived code base as well that's been well studied and improved over the years so again more reasons why it's harder to find bugs in curl but they are being found as i said you know the rate of cves is increasing in curl Speaking of being long-lived, actually, he then goes on to look at uh, the average lifetime of each CVE in curl. This is actually something that I've talked about in previous episodes, but in relation to the Linux kernel, uh, Case Cook, uh, he's ex-Ubuntu security, uh, now at Google, but has, he's done similar analysis using the data that we collect in the Ubuntu CVE tracker over time. And for the kernel, he's found that the average lifetime of each vulnerability is about five and a half years. Uh, so that's interesting for the kernel, but you know, we're talking about curl here. And Daniel found that for curl, on average, for all CVEs, uh, it's about seven years and 10 months. So it's a longer lifetime of vulnerabilities in curl than even in the Linux kernel. And I guess that maybe that just shows there are probably more people looking for vulnerabilities in the kernel than in curl. But of the vulnerabilities in curl that have been found in the past 12 months only, that uh, goes out to almost nine years, the lifetime of those. So people you know, finding bugs in curl, they're finding some really old CVEs in there. And so you know, people are finding bugs that are nine years old. Does that mean that they're only finding bugs in old code? And it, it sort of sounds like that. But if you look at the, uh, the rate of development in curl, uh, each year there's still around about uh, 1,300 commits that have been happening each year since 2007. So the rate of development in curl hasn't uh, dropped down. That doesn't really tell us, uh, say, how many lines of code are being written each year. You know, maybe new code is being added less often. Maybe this is a lot of refactoring that keeps happening uh, over years, but probably not likely. You know, a lot of this probably is still new code that's getting added. And you've got to assume that, you know, for each new line of code, you know, there's the same odds of someone introducing a vulnerability as there would have been, say, 10 years ago. Uh, maybe you know we're getting better at writing code, getting writing safer code. Uh, developers are getting smarter; they're learning about vulnerabilities and things. But you know, I still think that particularly in languages like C, it's pretty easy to shoot yourself in the foot and introduce vulnerabilities, uh, not just of, due to the language, but even just logic issues and the handling of some of these complicated network protocols. Uh, but this does seem to indicate, though, that if the average lifetime is getting longer, uh, so it's nine years now, and on average over the whole code base it was seven years, that uh, you know we're finding bugs in older code there. So maybe the code is actually getting better over time, which is cool to see. Uh, and actually, you can glean some of this info from the dashboard. You know, Daniel actually has graphs here for the number of test cases in curl over time, and these have been growing linearly over time. So curl is getting better tested over time. Uh, there's uh, also the number of uh, continuous integration jobs that are being run against curl. These are growing linearly over time as well. So it's being tested more with more test cases. Uh, and so that both indicates to me that you know there's an increase in tooling to help improve its quality over time, uh, ways of you know finding bugs and issues there as well. So, you know, curl is, I guess, a really exemplary project in this case. I guess we come back here to the original question uh, where actually the majority of people agreed that, yes, there have been more vulnerabilities in curl over time, but yes, this is a good thing. So, you know, you, you think about that and you go, you know, why is it a good thing if more CVs are being issued for curl over time? Well, you know, these bugs uh, have existed the whole time. As I said, the average lifetime of these is nine years. You know, if people aren't looking for them, that doesn't mean they don't exist. Those bugs are still there. And, you know, if uh, people aren't finding them publicly, there's, you've got to bet there's probably intelligence agencies and the like that have lots of good reasons to go looking for vulnerabilities in libraries like libcurl that are used all over the place. You know, a very good uh, way of getting into various different systems. You know, it's used, as I said, used in heaps of places. So a very good uh, target for attack. So, you know, it's better that these are being found and reported publicly. So CVEs getting issued is a good thing. Uh, and uh, in this case, I think uh, the bug bounty in particular has been driving a lot of that. 
you know, it provides a really good incentive uh, to first encourage people to go looking for vulnerabilities because, you know, you may get paid out some cash. And then obviously, if you find it, then you've got a good reason to report it to them too, rather than perhaps, say, selling it, uh, you know, on the, the black market or wherever to third parties. I've got a link as well to a graph showing the rate of vulnerabilities introduced over time uh, compared to the rate of vulnerabilities being fixed over time. What this shows is that vulnerabilities uh, get introduced linearly over time. So that's, I guess, the rate of CVs being found. Uh, but then when we compare that to uh, the rate that they're getting fixed over time, we see that growing exponentially. So what that means is that the rate they're getting fixed is, is faster than the rate they're getting introduced. And so over time, curl should be trending towards zero uh, vulnerabilities, which is a cool thing. I think that's really awesome. Uh, and I guess, like I said, it also shows the benefit of having a bug bounty. You know, if you're another project, you know, if you want uh, to find vulnerabilities and you want them to get uh, fixed, you know, you really need to create uh, an incentive to make that happen, create the right environment to do that. And, you know, what else motivates people more than a cash reward? So, yeah, good on Curl. Uh, you know, it's great to see, I guess, the improvements that they're making and the reward that that's paying off in terms of, you know, incre increasing the code quality over time and, I guess, protecting, you know, users and more projects that depend on Curl as well. Okay, so that takes us to the end of another episode. If you want to get in contact with the team, you can email us at securityubuntu.com. You can also find us hanging out in the Ubuntu security channel on libero.chat and we're on Twitter too at Ubuntu underscore sec. So thanks everyone for listening again for another week. I'll be back again with you all next week where yeah, we will be diving into this uh, systemd issue that happened during this week and I'll hopefully get uh, on uh, one of the other uh, members to talk a bit more about that, which would be great. Uh, but until then, remember, keep calm because we've got your back and I'll speak to you soon. Bye.